broke. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We were told by the putative president of the United States we believe in... Facts, not truth. We believe in facts, not truth. Or truth, not facts. We believe in truth, not facts. Well, how about if we were to believe in truth and facts? In fact, truth defined by the facts. Maybe that would help us. Maybe that would help us to understand a lot of the problems that we're complaining about and seeing America destroyed about the infrastructure the very heart and soul of our cities, and so on. Today we want to take a look at that issue. They say that angels tr- uh, rush in where, where fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Well, indeed. Today, maybe that's us, and so you might want to pray for me as we continue on with our program today to take a look at why the problems in black America are occurring the way they are. Is it about racism? Is it about skin color? Is it about bias? Or is it about something far deeper and more profound? If we're really interested in answers, we might just be interested in facts. If we're not interested in facts, we might not really be interested in answers. Maybe we'd rather use the very problems that are occurring in the black community and the family and so on, maybe we would rather use those for political purposes. Maybe we would rather use those for the driving of political power and also to discourage and create a dangerous situation in the country so as to divide and then conquer. Using the black community as, shall we say, guinea pigs to accomplish the agenda. This is a very painful thing to me. This is a very troubling thing to me. And here's one of the reasons. Four of my grandchildren, I have ten grandchildren, four of them are black. Four of them are black. The four oldest ones are black. They are very dear to me, and they have been raised in very close proximity to me and to my wife in so many, many different ways. It's troubling to me, and it's troubling to them. When they see this issue across the country, slapping them in the face continually, and they begin to wonder, what is real and what is not? What is real and what is not? Well, today we're going to find out what really is real. I hope you're willing, because... The spirit may be willing, but the flesh may be weak. The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. Do we really want to know the truth about these issues? Truth matters. Truth really does matter. And truth is related to facts, not fiction, not fancy, not feelings. Truth is not related to feelings at all. Truth is what it is. It stands alone. 
Now, you may have feelings regarding the facts. You may have feelings in response to the truth, but they don't change the truth. Truth stands alone. And that's why the Bible uh, says of Jesus, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come to the Father but by me. Today, we don't necessarily agree with that, even in our churches. Even among our young people, 80% of professing Christian young people today of whatever race do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. They don't believe the testimony of Jesus as true. Why don't they? Because they have been informed by other sources that it isn't true. That Jesus is not the only way, the only truth, and the only life. That you can come to the Father in other ways. But is that a fact? If that is a fact, then the Bible is wrong. And if the Bible is wrong, your religion is wrong, and your faith is foolish. We have to make a decision. Do facts count? Does the testimony of truth matter? That's the question that hovers over our conversation here today on Viewpoint. And I'm so glad that you joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction and talk that transforms. Let us begin with the issue of the murdering of unarmed black men by police. That's where we're going to start. And the reason we're going to start there is because that has been what has been in the focus of the American mind and heart for the past year and a half or so. This article from the Western Journal gives us some answers. The facts. Misinformation is an epidemic, they say, and the illiberal or the liberal media is spreading it. 44% of professing liberals, political liberals, believe that 1,000 or more unarmed black men were murdered by police in 2019. But is that a fact? That's what they believe. The question is, why do they believe it? We'll need to answer that question. But that is what they do believe. And you see, perception, or what somebody professes to believe, is 90-plus percent of their reality. But what if their reality is not based upon truth, is not based upon facts? So what are the facts? Well, the actual numbers are staggering. Listen carefully. According to USA Today Fact Check, and bear in mind, USA Today is a liberal news publication, very liberal, more prone to take a liberal viewpoint on this issue than many other publications. So when USA Today, in their fact check, decides to look into this issue of the number of black men that had been killed by police, it should take our attention dramatically. And here's what they found. Just 13 unarmed black men were killed in uh, 2019 by police. Just 13 all across the country. Let that settle in. That's what the liberal USA Today discovered. Now, it's easy to get caught up in partisan debates over police brutality. We've seen that all over the country. It's a result 
in massive deaths of innocent people, the destruction of whole cities, but the issue still remains. How did so many people come to such an over-exaggerated and dangerous estimate of the number of black men killed by police? Well, the answer is very simple. What are called mainstream media. Mainstream media, that's why. Now, did they intentionally over-exaggerate? Did they distort the way that things were reported in order to accomplish an agenda? Well, yes. But they also want to build up their ratings. They want to keep you tuned. And by over-exaggerating, they make money. They stir up the population. And that makes them even more money. Over-exaggeration is dangerous. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint Today. On Viewpoint, we are confronting one of the deepest, most troubling issues facing America today, the black family. And the issues as related to the so-called African-American community in our country. Are we being told the truth? Do African-Americans or black Americans know the truth? Do they even care about the truth? They're being told not even to care about the truth and have been informed by media that the truth is other than what it really is. And therefore they come to believe what the media tells them and stirs up their anger and angst even the more so, even more than the real problems themselves. So first we've begun as we take a look at this issue today, we begun with that which has been in the forefront, unarmed black men killed by police in 2019. Again, 44% of liberals believe that at least 1,000 or more black men were killed by police in 2019. The reality, only 13 Only 13. Well, 13 is bad enough. But to think over a 1,000, that is to rapidly over-exaggerate and create a social problem. But according to the Federal Bureau of Investigation Statistics, the FBI, more than half of homicide offenders in America are black. This isn't some white group. This isn't some... Uh, conservative group. This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It would seem that the obvious question concerning whatever proportions of people, men or women or whatever, are killed by police in the context of crimes would depend upon which group of people commits more crime. Wouldn't that help us solve the issue? 
Wouldn't that be a truth that we would want to know in order to come to grips with a reality? Well, it depends on whether you want to come to grips with reality or whether there's some other nefarious agenda that people have to try to use you or your people group or the color of your skin in order to drive a wedge in the society to create dissension, discouragement, and dangerous despair resulting in mayhem and chaos. So the Federal Bureau of Investigation statistics tell us that more than half of homicide offenders are African-American. In other words, more than half of people that kill other people are African-American. Yet African-Americans constitute only 12% of the population. So African-Americans constitute four times, more than four times, the representation of the percentage in the population of those that are killed. Killed by African-Americans. Not killed by white folk or brown folk. So when bringing up statistics like this one, unfortunately, those who use it are accused of racism. Somebody out there right now is probably saying, oh, you're just racist, oh, you're just this, oh, you're just that, oh, you don't understand. No, I do understand. That's the problem. I do understand, and I'm trying to help. That's the reason we're bringing this up, not to denigrate black America, but to help us all see what the real problem is so that we can do something about it. To continue to ignore it or to continue to play pretend like a a two-year-old putting his hands over his eyes and saying, look, Ma, you can't see me, accomplishes nothing. It just continues to amplify the problem. So when you're bringing up statistics like this one, that more than half of all killings in America are conducted by blacks, by African Americans. Now, is that a racial issue? It's only racial to the extent that the people are black. But there's a deeper problem, and we want to continually find ourselves focusing on the deeper problem here today. The problem is not skin. The problem is a rhyming word called sin. And we're going to understand, we're going to come to grips with a very amazing picture. I hope you'll stay tuned. So if, as the math works out, more African Americans are committing violent crimes, does it not make sense that police officers would use force against more African Americans? Of course. That's what the police are for. So, isn't it about time that we stop accepting the false liberal media agenda, the misreporting of facts, the skewing of reality, and start reporting the facts? Because over-exaggerations are unacceptable and dangerous, not only to American politics, but to our families and to the future of black America. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm talking about a people group, a people group that is 
not suffering primarily because of slavery, but suffering primarily because of something far deeper and more profound. Profound. Walter Williams, a black columnist, the late Walter Williams, very brilliant and a fine man, wrote a column with this title, The Black Community Needs a Return to Virtue. The black community needs a return to virtue. In matters of race, he said, and other social phenomena, there is a tendency to believe that what is seen today has always been. For black people, the socioeconomic progress achieved during my lifetime, which started in 1936, exceeded anyone's wildest dreams. In 1936, he said, most black people lived in, a gross, material, in gross material poverty and racial discrimination. Such poverty and discrimination is all but non-existent today, he said. Government data shows that the average American family, identified as poor by the Census Bureau, lives in an air-conditioned, centrally heated house or apartment. They have a car or truck. They have at least one widescreen TV connected to cable, satellite, or a streaming service. They have a computer, a tablet, or an Internet connection and a smartphone. On top of this, blacks, he said today, have the same constitutional guarantees as everyone else, which is not to say that every vestige of racial discrimination has been eliminated. But he says the poverty we have today is spiritual poverty. Now, Walter Williams has not been known to be an overly religiously expressive man. That's my viewpoint. I've never heard him really talk about his faith. But he sees something that is much deeper among his own people group. Spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty, he said, is, an, is the absence of what traditionally has been known as various human virtues. Among, uh, chief among the policies that reward inferiority and irresponsibility is the welfare state. When some people know they can have children out of wedlock, drop out of school and refuse employment and suffer little consequence and social sanction, one should not be surprised to see the growth of such behavior. Today's out-of-wedlock verse among blacks is over 70%, but in the 1930s it was only 11%. During the same period, out-of-wedlock births among whites was 3%. Today it's over 30%. It's fashionable and politically correct to blame today's 21% black poverty on racial uh, discrimination. But it's nonsense. It's not true. Why? Because the poverty rate among black husband and wife families has been in the single digits for more than two decades. In other words, the facts do not bear out the things that are being said by the Democratic Party and by the liberal media, the mainstream media. Many whites are ashamed, saddened, and guilt-ridden by our history of slavery, writes Walter Williams, and of gross racial discrimination. They see that justice and compensation for that ugly history and refuse to hold their fellow black Americans accountable to the kind of standards and conduct that they would never accept from whites. If blacks of yesteryear he said, would not accept such self-destructive behavior, why should today's blacks accept it? Because they've been told they should accept it because they have an entitlement. 
and because it's all about what the white man did. Black uh, Walter Williams says, no, that's not true. He said, black people have made tremendous gains over the years that came as a result of hard work, sacrifice, and no-nonsense approach to life. Recovering those virtues can provide solutions to many of today's problems. Now, <clears throat> in addition to that, we have, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to uh, tie all these things together, but I want to do it in a way that somehow sets the stage for the rest of what has to be talked about here today. Walter Williams also had another piece. The worst enemy of black people. Remember, Walter Williams is black, a black uh, economist. He said the most devastating problems black people face today have absolutely nothing to do with our history of slavery and discrimination. Chief among them, he said, is the breakdown of the black family, wherein 75% of blacks are born to single, often young mothers. In some cities and neighborhoods, the percentage of -of out-of-wedlock births is over 80. Actually, he says, breakdown is the wrong term. The black family doesn't doesn't even form in the first place anymore. This is entirely new among black people, he said. According to the 1938 Encyclopedia of Social Sciences, that year only 11% of black children were born to unwed mothers. As late as 1950, female-headed households constituted only 18% of the black population. Today, it's close to 70%. So then Walter Williams quotes Malcolm X, a human rights activist. As Malcolm X said, our problems will never be solved by the white man. In other words, the white man is being lifted up as a straw man to attack so that the black family, black pastors, black politicians, don't have to deal with the truth. Are you listening? Our hope is to find truth. Now, if you listen to these statistics concerning a religious portrait of African Americans, you would naturally come to the conclusion that black Americans, more than any other people group, desire truth. In other words, they're not just interested in feelings, Or, as Joe Biden said, we believe in facts, not truth. No, according to virtually every study done of African-American religious uh, activity and beliefs, they all form the same conclusion. And this is one coming from the Pew Research Center. While the U.S. is generally considered a highly religious nation, African Americans are markedly more religious on a variety of measures than the U.S. population as a whole, including level of affiliation with a religion, attendance at religious services, frequency of prayer, and religion's importance in life. Fully 87% of African Americans describing themselves as belonging to one religious group or another. This survey that was done finds that nearly 
79% of African Americans say religion is very important in their lives compared to only 56% among all U.S. adults. That's a very significant difference. That religion is very important in their lives. But what does that mean? That's the question. More than half of African Americans, 53%, report attending religious services at least once a week. More than three in four, 76%, say they pray on at least a daily basis, and nearly 88% indicate they are absolutely certain that God exists. Well, then why don't they live their lives accordingly? That's the question. If that be true, then what does it mean to live your life with absolute certainty that God exists? Is there no fear of the Lord in black America anymore? We have to explore that, and we will in the next two sections. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. What in the world has happened in black America? That's what we want to look at here today on Viewpoint, with an honest heart. We're looking for facts that will help us understand a dramatic development that has taken place over the past 75 years to lead to the destruction of the black family. Now, lest you think that that's just my opinion, as a white guy, who has a passion for black America. The Lord put that uh, burden on my heart back in 2005, and it was in 2005 that uh, I believe the Lord prompted me to begin to prepare an ongoing fact sheet called A Portrait of the Black Family. Dr. Julian Hare, the black director of a San Francisco black think tank, made a statement in the 50th anniversary of Ebony Magazine, a black magazine written by blacks for blacks. And here's what he said. He said this in November of 2003. That would be 17 years ago. Here's what he said. The black family has crumbled more in the past 30 years than it did in the entire 14 decades since slavery. That was a black man. The black family has crumbled more in the last 30 years than it did in the the entire 14 decades since slavery. That 
is his opinion based upon the facts as he understood them. William Raspberry, the late William Raspberry, wrote for the Washington Post, by the way, which was a liberal, is a liberal publication. In 2005, he wrote this. There is a crisis of unprecedented magnitude in the black community, one that goes to the very heart of its survival. The black family is failing. William Raspberry was black. In fact, the portrait of the black family, our fact sheet, is made up of facts and observations concerning the facts from black writers and observers. And you're not going to find this anywhere. You're not going to find this anywhere all consolidated together so that you can see the truth of the matter, the real facts. And I urge you to go to our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. And go to fact sheets, and you'll find among the, what, about 10 fact sheets there, this particular fact sheet called A Portrait of the Black Family. It talks about the financial portrait of black America, the leadership portrait, the marriage portrait, the parenting portrait, the abortion portrait, the uh, uh, sexual portrait, the prison portrait, the religious portrait, and so on. It's a fascinating piece, all in three pages of distilled facts that will give you enough to understand the drama that we're talking about and why we are being told and you are being told falsities in the name of news. You are being called falsities in the name of news, leading to radically contrary uh, purposes and uh, consequences that are destroying not only the black family, not only black America, but all America. And it has been said that what happens in black America in one generation happens in all America in the next. So if that be true, what is the future of America? Let's go on to take a look at the Pew Forum uh, study on religion, a portrait of African-American religion. The vast majority of African-Americans are Protestant. That is 78% compared with only 51% of the U.S. population. African-Americans stand out as the most Protestant racial and ethnic group in the United States. Among whites, 53%, Asians, 27%, Latinos, 23% belong to uh, Protestant denominations. These are just facts, facts taken from the black community itself and its own representations. So if these things be true, if the black community is indeed the most religious, i.e. even Christian by representation population in the country, why does Walter Williams say the black community needs a return to virtue. There must be a problem with a black understanding of religion. There must be a problem, in fact, with all Americans' understanding of religion and religious faith because there's a breakdown everywhere. 
not just in the black community, but it's accentuated to such a dramatic degree that we need to focus on the black community, particularly because if we have any love, if we have any care for a people that is in distress, we ought to care about these facts. Black Americans should care about these facts. Black pastors should care about these facts with a passion and should be willing to stand and having done all to stand, to stand, having their loins girt about with truth and be willing to take the backlash that will come by owning up to the statistics, by owning up to the facts and leading their people courageously back to virtue and to righteousness, which requires repentance. Have I made the point clear yet? Virtue is colorblind, friends. Virtue reveals character, not color. Faith reveals your true religious belief because faith has to be born out in truth. It has to be born out in the way we live. So what's the problem with African-American religion? What's the problem with the understanding and implications of faith in black churches? Well, two things stand out. One, elevating emotion over devotion. Elevating emotion over devotion. Secondly, elevating the focus on music over focus on the master. Those two things alone, if they were rectified, would change the black church in America. But there would have to be tremendous courage in order to deal with those issues. There would have to be a great conviction of the heart. It would help and open the eyes to see that Our faith is not all about emotion. It's not about our feelings. It's about our faith. It's about the facts. It's about reality. It's about whether or not our lives truly translate into a living display of the gospel of Jesus Christ in truth. So let's talk about the Michigan Journal of Race and Law. The Michigan Journal of Race and Law is called African-American Intimacy, the Racial Gap in Marriage. This is coming from the Stanford Law School, Stanford University School of Education, and these people are liberals, friends. Just to begin with, let's take a look at their conclusions based upon the facts as they unfolded in 2005. African Americans are now substantially less likely than members of any other group to marry. Black women are estimated to spend less than half as much time married as do white women. Marriage is typically a relatively short stage of life for blacks. Black children are nearly three times as likely as white children to live with a single parent mother. What do those facts tell you about the black family. What do those facts tell you about the faith, the alleged faith in black America? All the religious facts are not being borne out in righteous reality. And that's not just true for blacks, that's true in white churches. It's true everywhere. 
but it's accentuated in high drama in the black family. Going on, African-American intimacy. Black women now marry at lower rate than any other group of women. Among black women, the decline in the likelihood of ever marrying has been particularly dramatic. Data from the 2000 census are consistent with these findings. Among women ages 40 to 44, 10% of white women and nearly 30% of black women have never married. Black women are nearly three times as likely as white women to never marry. That's the fact. The question is, why? The question is, why? The question is, why? It's not about racism. It's not about bias. Because these are new facts since 1964 in the Civil Rights Act. The second component component of the breakdown of the family and intimacy of the black family is the divorce gap, says the study. American African-American women are substantially more likely than white women to be divorced or separated than married. That's coming from the 2000 census. Among women ages 40 to 44 with at least a college degree, there are 50 divorced or separated black women for every 100 who are married, and only 33 divorced or separated white women for every 100 who are married. The likelihood of being divorced or separated rather than married is greater for college-educated black women than for white women who dropped out of high school. Whoa. So the issue isn't poverty. The issue is poverty of spirit. That's the problem. That's what Walter Williams was saying. But nobody wants to talk about it. Why don't we want to talk about it? Because either we're afraid of being attacked for being racist or biased or a bigot, or we just don't care enough. You know what the Bible says? Perfect love casts out fear. And that's why I can deal with this fearlessly. Why? Because it's motivated by love to say these things in the hope that somebody will hear and be transformed and their life will change for all of black America. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The black community has been seduced. Not just seduced by politicians but seduced by the flesh. And of the flesh it reaps corruption. 
You could be the most religious person on the face of the planet and still live according to the flesh, and it will reap corruption. Among black men ages 40 to 44, the highest earners are actually the ones less likely to have ever been married than their lower-earning white peers. Notice, the problem is not poverty. The problem is poverty of spirit. There's something wrong in the concept of black religion. How it is being framed out, the very nature of Christianity. Maybe the problem is not whether they believe the facts of Christianity. They're just not living out the heart of Christianity. And we're going to see this the more and more that we take a look at the facts that are coming. This is a report from the Kaiser Foundation concerning black Americans and HIV, AIDS. Please listen carefully. Black Americans have been disproportionately affected by AIDS and HIV since the epidemic's beginning, and that disparity has deepened over time. So is this because of poverty? Is this because of uh, bigotry? Is this because of racism? Is this because black lives don't matter? Well, it depends on how you translate black lives matter. Obviously, black lives don't matter to the media, to the politicians, to those that are continuing to scream out racism, 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 to use that as a smokescreen to hide from the reality of what is destroying the black community. So let's focus here, not on crime. We've already done that. Let's focus now, and we focused on the family itself. Let's focus on HIV, AIDS. Although the black community represents only 12% of the U.S. population, blacks account for a much larger share of HIV diagnosis. How much? 43%. Three and a half times their representation in the population. Three and a half times, friends. And deaths among people with HIV, 44% more than any other racial ethnic group in the United States. Is that because of racism? No. It's because of sexual promiscuity. That's why. It's because black religion is not revealing the fear of the Lord. It's not revealing righteousness. Several years ago, I took this uh, fact sheet, a portrait of the black family, and invited... 12 black pastors that I had established relationship with in the broader Metro Richmond, Virginia community. And I invited them to come to my home for dinner. One night a week for five weeks. And the purpose of coming together was to break bread together and to have an honest conversation from the heart concerning the problems that were are devastating the black community. And so they came. And we said we were going to devote as much time as necessary, up to four or five hours in an evening, to grapple with these issues so we didn't play pretend 
and uh, we were serious. So I began to share these facts that are contained in a portrait of the black family. And not just the distilled facts, but I had all the documentation lined up as if I were conducting a trial and presenting the evidence to a jury so that there would be no question as to what the truth was, as to what the facts were, and we could deal with it accordingly. There would be no argument as to what was happening. And indeed, there wasn't. There was no argument by these black pastors as to the facts that were contained in this portrait of the black family, nor with all of the dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of articles coming from black sources that were declaring these truths. So, what happened? As I recall, it was the second meeting. It might have been the first meeting, but it was no farther than the second meeting. About After about an hour of our time of going through some of the details, the facts, one pastor fell on his face quietly and just was on his knees quietly for about 15 minutes. And we went on, and then he got up, and here's what he said. He said, gentlemen, my family looks just like this portrait of the black family. He's a pastor. He said, my family looks just like this portrait of the black family. In other words, these facts are true. They are describing my family. But it didn't end there. There was a pregnant silence. In the back of the room, at the far side of the room, another pastor with a large uh, congregation leaned back in his chair, put his hands behind his head, and made this statement. Gentlemen, if we're not willing to deal with our own families on these issues, we have no right to speak to our congregation. You know what he was saying? My family looks just like this too. From that moment on, half of the men disappeared. They didn't come back. Why didn't they come back? Because their families looked like just like that too, and they weren't willing to deal with the issue in their congregations. By the time we were through, after five weeks, there were only two or three pastors left out of the dozen. One of them made this statement to me. He said, this portrait of the black family, this fact sheet is so powerful, I have never found a tool, a a greater tool, to preach righteousness in the black community. That's what he said. It's available to you right there on our website, saveus.org. Not asking for any money. I don't receive a salary. I don't receive any income from this ministry. Zero. It is a labor of love. Why? Because I love God's people. I love black people. Because they're made in the image of God. The color of the skin is irrelevant. But the color of the sin is grossing God out. And it's destroying their families. It's, and the same thing is happening in the white community. 
Did you know that the white community is following the hip-hop movement and has been for 20 years now, following the hip-hop movement, leading white young people to follow exactly the same trajectory as black young people? That's what's happening. Don't tell me that the black community doesn't have power. Don't tell me you don't have influence. Oh, you have far more influence than you can ever imagine. In music, in art, in politics, in religion, in the media, in sports. My goodness. We don't need to go on. Now, Today, there are more than one million people living with HIV-AIDS in the United States. And of those, 470-plus thousand are black. But only 12% of the population is black. So the black community accounts for 43% of new HIV diagnoses in America. Three and a half times their population representation in the country. This is not being caused by police officers, my dear friend. It's being caused by spiritual rebellion, by sexual perversion. The rate of new HIV diagnosis per 100,000 black adults and adolescents was eight times that of whites, more than twice that of Latinos. The rate for black men was almost 83%, the highest of any group. And for black women, 26%. I had the highest rate among women. HIV was the sixth leading cause of death for black men and the fourth for black women. Why? What is causing this? It's not racism. And it's not poverty. It's poverty of spirit. Even while you're going to church and clapping your hands and jumping and shouting. I have no problem with clapping the hands. I have no uh, problem with emotion as related to our faith. But it's no substitute for our faith or for facts. Heterosexual transmission accounts for a greater share of new diagnoses among black men than white men. Why is that? Heterosexual, friends, it's because in the black community, the men are, the sexual promiscuity, let's put it this way, the sexual promiscuity is so vast, it has become a virtual badge of honor. So what happens with white women, uh, black women? Black women now have to deal with that. So they get involved with a man who is living on the so-called down low acting bisexual. So he goes out and fornicates homosexuality-wise with men. Then he comes home to a woman and infects her. Are you beginning to get the picture? These are the facts. The medical community and the politicians try to find all kinds of ways to obscure and uh, obfuscate to not see the reality of what is happening. The rate of new diagnoses for AIDS among black women is 15 times the rate among white women. 
and nearly five times the rate among Latinos. This is horrific, friends. I'm just, I, I'm just virtually in despair beyond, uh, beyond words. My heart is so broken for what is happening and the blindness of black pastors and politicians unwilling to speak the truth, unwilling to see what is so obvious in front of their faces. 50% of all black children are aborted, three times higher than whites. The divorce rate among blacks, the highest of all people groups in the country. 70% of all U.S. poverty is due to fatherlessness. And guess what? 70% of all black children are born out of wedlock. But they only comprise 12% of the population. It's overwhelming. Nearly 2 million black males are either currently in a state or federal prison or have been in one. Why? Friends, it's not because of racial injustice. That's only part of the problem. The overwhelming weight of evidence points to a generation of fatherlessness as the driving force taking black men to prison. And who's participating in that? The majority of the black community. Fostered and fomented by pastor and politician that refuse to fear the Lord and are looking to build their power, their perks, and their position on the back of black people. That is wickedness, my friends. That is wickedness. Go to the website, saveus.org. Get a copy of A Portrait of the Black Family. It will take you to prayer on your knees, perhaps, for the next week, maybe a year. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Help us to get the message out to prepare the way of the Lord until Jesus comes. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 